What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I do marketing things at The Juice. Are you signed up yet? Join The Juice. It's free, the largest library of marketing and sales content on the planet. It's curated for you. We'd love to have you. Today's conversation is a topic that I needed to level up on. We are talking about the evolution of AI in search marketing, and I have Viola Eva on and she is an expert when it comes to all things search marketing. She has an amazing business, Flow SEO. You should go check it out if you got any questions about SEO related things. Really excited about this conversation. So she talks about making the most of your content, breaking down the relationships between the content marketer and search engine strategies, AI, the boom, how it impacts everything. I think you're really gonna enjoy this conversation. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons. Most importantly, tell a marketing friend that you're enjoying Mark- Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, let's kick into the conversation. Excited for today's topic, one that we have not discussed on Modern Day Marketer. We're gonna be talking about the evolution of AI in search marketing. I was just on today's guest podcast this week. We're doing a little collab, which is always fun. I'm joined by Viola and she's the founder at Flow SEO. This is going to be a fun conversation. I reached out to her because I wanted to learn more about this topic and it's something she's a subject matter expert on. But without further ado, Viola, how are you? Welcome. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be here. It's sunny, blue sky, perfect day here in Berlin. And I'm feeling inspired. So happy to be here and share all things AI, search marketing, content marketing in this wild year that 2023 has been for search. Totally. And I maybe I'll just give it a out because I've been hitting this drumbeat recently about the importance of community and groups. Shout out to Jay, Jay Akunzo. We were connected through his mastermind course. I can't even remember how long ago it was, but I've been talking a lot about just like community and the importance of like building relationships through community. So thank you, Jay. It seems like forever ago, but I'm still thinking about just what we learned in that course. How about you? Oh, I loved it. So in that mastermind, I think a year and year and a half ago, I really used the opportunity to create the premise for my own show. And that has really helped me, you know, rework my thinking. And and this idea that we are doing on my kind of like leadership show is things are never as easy as they make it out to be in the business books. And I really have to 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 thank Jay and the group for kind of like workshopping that idea with me. And yeah, I also think about it, uh, think of it very fondly. Yeah. And so we'll plug it here. Startup Revolution podcast. Go check it out. Hit the subscribe. If you like this, you'll like that. I promise. Maybe before we dive into the topic, I always like to maybe get a little bit of an understanding, especially when I'm talking to an entrepreneur about just how you stumbled into doing what you do. So where did the idea of Flow SEO come from? Talk to us a little bit about your process and the journey. Stumbled into it is the, exactly the right way to describe it. I mean, I've been a nerd, computer nerd, internet nerd, gamer for, for as long that I can remember. I've always been in online forums, online communities, but I'm actually an economist and mathematician by trade and actually have a degree yeah, in development economics, nonprofit management, and peace building. And so after that, I ended up working as an analyst for a startup here in Berlin, later as a project manager for another startup in Berlin, but always found myself very drawn to marketing and communication. And then in that project management role, it was an online platform, really started to get in touch with SEO because it was very much based on the website and organic growth. Flow SEO, I would say, is 
yeah, an, an accidental business in the sense that after working agency side for a while, I decided to go on on my own and I, I thought I would be a solo consultant. So when I started the company in 2018, there was basically me and then very quickly noticed there's a lot of things that I'm not good at or that I don't know how to do. Uh, so very early, I, I got an editor for my writing. Very quickly, I got a backlink team. And I'm proud to say that these two people, Boban and Angela, are still on the team now. Very different role, very different you know, things that they do today than they did five years ago. But I'm excited that they stuck with me. And now, basically, between everyone that is full-time and part-time, we are 14 people now doing search marketing for SaaS startups. And yeah, it's been a wild journey. So you said something there that I want to just touch on that I think is really important, and that's maybe making yourself vulnerable a little bit and saying, mm-hmm. there's these things that we 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 all do or are asked to do as marketers, and we can't, there's so many disciplines, we can't be great at everything. So right. you're reaching out to people who are maybe subject matter experts in those buckets and, you know, working with them to, you know, build a business, maybe talk a little bit about just understanding your strengths and where you need to go deeper at. And then where are the times where you're, you need to tap someone else on the shoulder and bring them in to help out? Like, how have you managed that? Right. Yeah. It's a constant, it's a constant puzzle and a constant evolution, moving people into the seats of things where they excel at and that they love doing. I think no job is ever perfect. There's always some activities that are grind or daunting, but what I'm aiming for is that maybe 80, 90% of the time we can actually be in flow, you know, that elusive state of being in the zone that I named my company after. And so I would say for myself, I'm much. I'm like I'm like I'm like a concept person. I like big picture thinking. I like future thinking. I like making concepts. I actually really like making content strategies. I love figuring that out that out with clients. I would say I'm a I'm a strong executor because I learned to be. I'm not a good person for details, for example. I'm not a good person for repetition, and um, so. And then also in SEO, I would say I'm very, yeah, I'm very much a content strategist and a web strategist. And so I I would say I'm like decent to good at technical SEO, but definitely not phenomenal. I don't know that I have the patience and diligence to be a really good digital PR or backlink builder. And so it was like, of course, now we're in a really good spot where we have a really good kind of like divide and conquer. People can really lean into what they're good at. Originally, I was obviously wearing all the hats all the SEO, all the client management, I'm wearing the bookkeeping hat, the finance hat, the sales hat. And now I'm at the point where I'm wearing the head of search marketing hat and then sales and finance. And I'm pretty happy with that. But with an SEO, there's a lot of things where people are much better than I am and, and they can do these things. And, and that is really fun for me. Like this is, this is where I'm getting inspired. I love working in a team. I love working and getting inspired by other people, seeing what processes they create. And so Again, I think it's never perfect, but I've been trying to kind of like see what do people want to do and then lean more into what they're good at and what they enjoy and what's flow for them. So a lot of people have like secondary tasks, like Boban from Backlinks. I also call him director of merch because he's doing all our cups and t-shirts and tote bags and he leaned into that. Or Helene, who's an SEO consultant, is running our flow SEO university because she's really into training and teaching. And so if I see people have an interest and idea, I'm trying to lean into that and let them do more of that 
and then, you know, we see what comes of it. So you mentioned one of the things you're into is content and being a content strategist. I was reading your website and there was something that stood out to me and it was the statement of something that I believe in and it is make the most of your content. Um, mm-hmm. Curious that holds such a prominent position on your website as a headline. It caught my attention. Why do you, you know, make that, put that statement on your website and why do you think it's so important right now? Right. I agree. So we, like I said, we work with a lot of software startups, a lot of them maybe around their series A, B is when they come to us. So usually people already have a website, they have a content site. There's maybe two, 300 pages on the website. Over time, they have released press releases, feature announcement, you know, a few thought leadership articles. Um, But most of them have not thought about SEO in a strategic way, maybe a little bit, but they don't really have that much organic traffic. And so what I see with that and what I see with marketing in general is we have a big focus on content creation, not necessarily a big focus on content distribution. And then obviously when we talk about distributing and distributing more, then there's also always the questions like what is the right distribution channel? And so I think that... In the startup world, especially for those that have, let's say, for example, a self-serve go-to-market motion, like SEO comes up as a distribution channel very early. For those that are more sales-led, maybe that question comes a little bit later. But I think make more out of your content basically means don't turn your blog, your pillow pages, and your website into a graveyard. If you post it on social media, right? You post it on social media, you post it to your email list, you get that spike of traffic. Rand Fishkin called it the spike of hope. And the next thing you see is that flat line of no. And then the only way to get another spike is producing more content. And so you're really, really in the hamster wheel. And I see a lot of my clients in the hamster wheel. And so if you choose to make SEO a distribution channel, that's just a good way to optimize more, have recurring visitors coming from it, et cetera. And so that's just a journey and a mindset and strategy shift that I want people to consider or that I'm accompanying my clients on. You called it content graveyard. We call Mm -hmm. it internet purgatory where content goes unseen. There's so many lines that you just referenced are like lines over the last two years that I have plugged into different places. And just because distribution is critical and I think getting marketers off the hamster wheel and getting marketers to understand that they need to be on offense with their content in order to maximize it is so important. So I'm already liking where this conversation is going. Maybe we start here just for people who might not have a great understanding, but just like putting some definition around search engine marketing, like how do you define it? And maybe how does it fit into the strategies of modern day marketing today? Perfect. Yeah. So search marketing, I would say generally means how do we appear on search engines? So a lot of search engines there. The most prominent is probably Google. But for just for the sake of completion, Amazon is a sort search engine. Airbnb is a search engine. YouTube is a search engine. But for, for what we do, we first and foremost focus on Google since that this year also Bing. And search marketing for me is the umbrella for both organic and paid efforts. So even though we're called Flow SEO, we actually also do paid. It's a bit of a, like a branding issue by now. But yeah, organic, organic, so SEO search engine optimization refers to the organic search results. And then SEA search engine advertising, PPC refers to the ads that you're seeing on top of Google. And and I think that already tells us something because um the game has really changed. Like Google is not 10 blue links anymore. And you know, it's it's maps and images and videos and listings and different things. And we'll talk about that more. 
And so what I tell people is always is that there's two things that we can do with search marketing. The one thing is that percentage of your total addressable market that's currently actively buying, there's an opportunity to capture that demand in search. So that's obviously making sure that your branded search is like well-organized. People find what they're looking for, the pricing, the product videos, you know, the reviews that they want. And then often people talk about transactional keywords. So all the keywords as like performance management software, app, platform, solution, these type of things. That's an opportunity to capture existing demand in search. And then beyond that, search marketing is really an opportunity for what we probably call more middle and top of funnel and just making sure we make sales easier in the future. There's these like 85, 90, 95% of your total addressable market that is currently not actively buying. So how do we build mental availability with them? How do we engineer triggers to remind them that it might be time to buy? Search is a really good place to distribute those messages. So maybe just on that topic, one thing that I think I've always run into, and I'm sure Flow SEO, you're paying a lot of attention to this, but you reference like the the changes in so obviously Google is constantly changing. And right. I, I have found that like as a marketer, I don't have the time based on everything else I'm doing, working on a small team to understand all the changes and how it impacts what I'm doing on the content side. So then oftentimes like it, t- I'm running really fast and I should have just taken a step back and like paid attention because the work that I'm doing could have gotten increased visibility if I were aware of some of these changes Maybe talk a little bit about like how important that is to understand what's going on, those changes. I'm sure you all are like paying close attention and advising your clients on what they should be doing and how they should be doing it based on these changes, but maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. I would say the underlying principles of search probably haven't changed that much, and I'm going to talk about it in a second. That being said, there've always been big algorithm updates, and especially the last few years have been wild. 2023 especially have been wild. The March algorithm update was brutal for some of our clients. Since May, we're seeing a lot new SERP features coming out. And so um, organic visibility has been a, a roller coaster this year. I want to acknowledge that. But generally speaking, the idea of SEO has not necessarily changed, which is this idea that Google wants to surface the best answer to a search query, a best answer to the search intent. And so if you have the best answer to the search query, you have a higher likelihood of being surfaced. And I, I, I think about relevance and creating relevance in three plus one pillars. The first one being technical SEO, website infrastructure, being sure Google can crawl and index your site. And this is really when we talk about when is the right time to do SEO. You know, if you're an early stage startup, you're day one. I don't know that SEO is the right channel for you because it takes a long time to build up. You have a very, you don't have a strong domain, et cetera. That being said, you're going to make your future SEO success a lot easier if you set your website up well originally. And what I mean by that is like, Pick a common CMS that is like easy to use, easy to crawl, easy to update. You know, I would say go WordPress, go Webflow, make your life easy, and then set up a clean URL structure. Don't slap it all on the root domain. Put blogs under blogs, put white papers under white papers, webinars under webinars, and just start building a site architecture that will make your SEO life in two years down the line a lot easier. So most SaaS websites, I would say, are content sites. And I would call them small in the sense that they're maybe under 500 or under a thousand pages. 
So technical SEO has a lot to do with site infrastructure and doing your homework. Yeah, yeah, you want to fix your 404 errors, your headline ones, all of this stuff. But it's really about site structure. If you have a bigger site, like an e-commerce type thing, then technical SEO becomes a lot more important. But for your SaaS website, most of them are content sites and you want to set the foundation right, but you're probably, if that is done well, your gains probably lie in content and links. And so content is the second pillar. If you didn't talk about a topic, Google cannot rank you for a topic. And what I mean by that, talking about it, having one designated URL, talking about that topic in depth. Which is also, for example, a lot of startups, they're like, our thing is X, and then they only publish about X. And at at some point, they have 20 articles about X, and they're all competing for each other and basically giving you nothing. So so that idea of like, you know, the number one rule of the SEO Fight Club is one rule, one URL per topic, one topic per URL. And so that, and if you get that right, you already got honestly 80% of your SEO strategy right. You know, if you have a clean website with nice URL structure and you follow that rule, 80% is done. And then, of course, you need to tweak the keywords a little bit and the page title, et cetera. But the strategic parts are really these two. Um, And then you want to amplify that with links. So the more people link to you from websites that have traffic, have authority, talk about the right topic, the better you're going to rank. Now, Google would like us to put out content and then people just link to it magically. I think in reality, this never happens. You either got to have something really unique that earns links, or you got to do a bit of like outreach activities and push it and build links to it. And now part four, we're going to talk about this a little bit more as the whole AI and search topic. So pillar four, I would say, goes a lot into user intent, experience, uniqueness, things that make you stand out. And we can talk about that a little bit more. But the first three pillars, good technical infrastructure, relevant content, and links for authority, inherently haven't changed that much over the last few years. But from there, obviously, we get into the nuts and bolts and the the things. But honestly, if you have a clean website and a good keyword mapping, you're probably 80% there, to be honest. So when you mentioned SEO Fight Club, and then you you mentioned uh, clean URLs, I couldn't help but thinking of Tyler Durden, aka Brad Pitt out there making soap, but also working on SEO at the same time. So <laughs> I had that visual going on in my head. It is let's intended. Talk, yeah. Let, let's let's talk a little bit about the AI because you can't, you know, get into a marketing conversation this, these days without talking about AI and how it impacts a specific discipline. So maybe right. talk to us a little bit about what sort of changes have gone on in search marketing first before AI that are notable, that might impact our content. And then we'll get into kind of what's happening with AI. So maybe like the significant shifts before this AI boom happened. Right. So like I said, Google is really moving away from the 10 blue links and has been moving away from this for a long time. For a long time, if you're typing vegan restaurant, right, you're getting a Google Maps. You're not getting, if if you're typing Britney Spears, you're getting videos and images. Yesterday, I typed animal sounds and then you're actually getting audio of animal, animal sounds right on the search results. This is, you're getting games right on the search results. If you type what to do in Berlin, you're getting all the major sites listed straight on the search results. You don't even need to go to a travel blog anymore. And so there, there seems to be a push, obviously, to more and more queries getting answers straight on the search results. I think for a long, long time, Google has been the biggest traffic referrer to websites. If we compare it, for example, to Instagram that only for a long time had the one bio link, most social media doesn't have an interest in people leaving the platform. They don't want you to post links on Facebook and LinkedIn, et cetera. And so for a long time, Google has been a large traffic referred to websites. 
And now that it, there's definitely an increased interest or an increased trend that Google is answering more and more queries directly in the search results and, and you're not getting the same organic click-through rate that you used to get. So that's been going on for a long time. And then, of course, November last year, November, December last year, ChatGPT comes out. And this has really changed the search game a lot in two ways. Number one, Google and any other channel is getting flooded by AI content these days. And that's just something that we have to acknowledge. Google so far has said they're not going to punish AI content as long as it's helpful to the user. So we're seeing a lot out there. If you type linkedin.com slash advice, you find LinkedIn's mix of AI content and user-generated content. They've launched 140,000 pages since March. So the internet is getting flooded by AI content. So that's obviously one thing to think about. Can I, ask a qu- can I ask a mm-hmm. question on that? Please. So uh, useful is so subjective. Like how is there, do you have any insights on like the de- like how they're thinking about it, ways they're making sure that it's not just a bunch of junk, like talk a little bit more about that. Absolutely. Google calls it EAT, E-E-A-T, experience, expertise, authority, and trust. So Google, like any other social media channel, obviously has a big issue with duplicate content, false information, cheap content. And the space in which they've been trying to figure this out the longest is what they call your money, your life. So mainly medical and financial information. But of course, now more and more also in other areas, they had a lot of updates recently around product reviews um, because people are reviewing products that they haven't even had and you know writing about products and software that they haven't even experienced. So they've been trying to, to capture quality and the, what they mean with eat is like the experience is what they say firsthand experience is, is something that they're trying to capture. And then just in general, the kind of like expertise of the author, the, the trustworthiness in which they speak. Now, is Google going to know if you really, I don't know, went to university and studied this and educated to talk about this? question mark so far. That being said, like quoting your sources, actually having footnotes, having an author profile, having that author profile linked together with schema markup so Google understands the author as an entity, it's becoming increasingly important. And so just slapping anonymous pages up, you know, that is um, making statements with no, no sources, it's not a good way to be useful or helpful anymore. The person to follow on this that's really an expert on this whole topic of eat experience, expertise, authority, and trust is is Lily Ray. And so I recommend to check her out if, if people are interested in learning more about that. We'll definitely plug her in the show notes so you can uh, link further. I interrupted you midstream. You're talking about one <laughs> and then you're getting into a second. I, I want to make sure you have enough time to to, to break it down and I, I won't step in this time. Uh, please, enough? please, please yeah, always, is- please always do the fun part. It's always the questions for me. So So number one, so how does AI affect search, right? Number one is we're getting flooded by AI content. Number two is Microsoft is an investor in OpenAI and implemented ChatGPT into Bing already in February and have got quite some attention for it. We actually saw an increase in people using Bing in the beginning of the year. Most of our clients, a 20% increase of traffic from Bing, which means Bing all of a sudden was a tiny sliver on a pie chart of organic channels, which before it wasn't. So Google obviously follows and they announced what they call search generative experience. It's basically their chatbot in search. They announced it in May. If you're American, you can currently sign up for the beta version. There's something called Labs from Google. 
you can sign up there and you can en enable search generative experience and you can start using it. Um, it's a very ChatGPT-like, chatbot-like experience, but you basically type a question into the Google search bar. And then instead of your classic search result, you're getting a chatbot answer. And the immediate thing that you will notice is that what Google has been saying, you can answer questions that you were never able to answer before. That's absolutely correct. What me as a marketer and publisher, I'm immediately noticing is the organic stuff now gets pushed down very far because mm. now basically the entire above the fold, the entire screen is taken up by the chatbot answer. Then there's probably some ads. Weirdly, they then did not take out other sub features like featured snippet. People also ask that stuff is also still there. And then after like however many seconds of scrolling you land on your first organic search result. So I think we will experience a reduction in visibility and clicks from a classic organic search result once this rolls out. I expect it to be different, let's say, between B2B tech, e-commerce, and local SEO. But by now, I'm pretty confident that you know we'll see a hit in visibility across the board. I think we will also need to rethink SEO metrics. You know, What is ranking position one? If there's a chatbot and five ads on top of you, mm. that doesn't really give you much. So a lot of the SEO metrics will need to shift more towards visibility, not so much ranking. And then, of course, we need to think content optimization. How do we appear in the chatbot answer? As of last week, there were three sources immediately displayed, and then you could click and see more. So then the question was, how am I becoming part of these three sources that the chatbot quotes? Since last week, actually, each statement of the chatbot has a source. So it will be a game of understanding like, how am I the one featured in these sources. So SEO will not just us, but the whole SEO industry will have to relearn a little bit what optimizing for Google means. I don't think they will throw everything out. I mean, they've been working on a relevance algorithm for the last 20 years. I, I don't think they're just going to throw that out straight away. But we'll have to see what it means to be part of the chatbot answer. I feel like I'm in S at SEO University right now, taking a course and getting educated, and I have my notepad out and making. I feel like I'm going to have a, an exam here in a couple of weeks, so I'm trying to get ready. <laughs> but I think this is just important. This is such a critical part about just our overall distribution strategies, and there's so much change happening. I'm sure you talk with your clients about this a lot, and maybe as we kind of round out this conversation, curious. Based on these changes that are so significant that impact how our content gets seen and how it gets in front of the people that we're trying to reach, like how do you advise marketers to have these conversations internally? Because they're complex, it's going to take time, it's going to probably take investment, stuff that you're working on in the change might not happen overnight. So maybe talk like Closing it out, maybe talk a little bit about like how can a marketer who might not be an expert in these areas talk with their stakeholders that they need to do something in order to make sure their content is adapting with all of these changes that are going on? Totally. I think the first question I would ask myself is like, is Google and SEO, is that one of my main channels today? Which may or may not the case, depending on where you're at, you know, in your journey as a startup. And so I would try to figure out is, is, is organic currently a big driver of traffic for me? And then the second step, I would try to have a look-see, is that mainly branded or non-branded? I think there's also dangers in, 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 in brand search with the chatbot, and you want to clean up your images, your logos, your reviews, your videos, et cetera. But if you have a large part of non-branded traffic, then I would really want to dive in. So if SEO doesn't play a big role for you, then this change probably doesn't play a big role for you like yet. 
Um, if a lot of your traffic comes from brand only, then maybe also not yet. If a lot of your traffic comes from non-branded, then this is probably when you want to dive deeper. And so the first thing I would do is check what is the type of content that you have. If you have a lot of, let's say, top of funnel, what is content? I could imagine that the chatbot can answer a lot of these questions without people needing to go to the website. I can imagine that these type of queries are probably more affected than, say, especially with B2B tech, especially if you have a higher price point, enterprise-related stuff, people will still need to go to your website to make buying decisions. But if you have a lot of top of funnel non-branded how-to articles. Um, I would definitely want to dive into this. I definitely, if that's the case, I encourage you to sign up for the beta of the search generative experience and start entering your topics, seeing how Google responds to it, what comes up and, and trying to analyze and see, does the chatbot answer show? What does it show? Am I being featured, et cetera? And try to see kind of like how your future will look like. And then the other thing we've been doing for clients is doing a lot of audits on review sites, because the chatbot doesn't just pull answers from one site, it pulls it from a variety of sites. And especially in SaaS, page one is usually full of G2, Captera, all of that. And then all of a sudden you see that stuff being pulled into the chatbot answer. So you want to make sure that's like clean and good and up to date. And so, yeah, the more non-branded traffic you have, the more important SEO for you is, the deeper I would dive into understanding how the chatbot is going to change the search landscape. And if SEO doesn't play a big role for you yet, I think you're not immediately effective and you want to think about it more is, you know, once that timing comes. This was action-packed, full of insight and information. Viola, thank you so much for coming by and dropping your knowledge. I know I'm thinking about SEO, search engine marketing, AI, content, all of it together a little bit differently. Appreciate it. And thanks so much for the time. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I actually, now that we're speaking, I'm noticing again, how excited I'm actually about, about this because I do like change. I like doing new things. I like figuring out new things. It's a good, you know, mental challenge. It's surely a roller coaster, but I'm kind of like excited to see what the future of search will look like. Yeah. And this will change, I'm sure in the next six to 12 months. So we'll have to do this conversation again, get an update. Definitely. Exactly. All yours. Thank awesome. You. Take care. AI, SEO, and feel like now I know a little something, something that I can sink my teeth in. I think Viola does a nice job of explaining a complex topic in a very simple way. Hopefully you gained value, enjoyed this episode. I know I did. You take care of yourself, take care of others around you. We'll be back, more Modern Day Marketer on the other side. 